This is the Asade Podcast Channel. Audio pills to get inspired. Good morning. Hope you have had a very nice and interesting uh, workshop before. Uh, I'm going to lead this workshop on sustainability and supply chain management. And the aim is to share with you the type of research we have been uh, doing on this topic. Okay. So uh, I will um, follow uh, this structure. Well, I forgot to do something, Laura, sorry, which was to introduce myself. Some, many of you already know me. For those of you that you don't, we don't have the pleasure to know each other, I'm Cristina Jimenez. I'm a professor in the Department of Operations, uh, Innovation, and Data Science. I've been working in SADE for 12 years, and uh, I've been doing uh, research in the area of supply chain management. Uh, the type of research I do is uh, an empirical research, so I work very closely with firms okay, uh, in order to identify best practices. Okay? So, uh, how I have structured the presentation? I will do a very brief introduction about sustainability and supply chain management. I will then uh, go uh, very fast about uh, the research I, I have conducted uh, on this uh, line, on sustainability and supply chain management during the last 10 years. And I will then leave a lot of time okay, to discuss about what's next. Okay, I know there are some uh, professionals here, so maybe you can share with us uh, what do you think uh, researchers should focus on in their analysis, and then the researchers, we can share uh, what we are working on now and what are the challenges we are facing. Okay? So, these, ima these images. Mm, all of you are familiar with this type of images, polluted waters, polluted air, um, very poor working conditions. Okay? These slides show us why supply chain management is important and needs to be considered when managing sustainability. Uh, in fact, all of you are familiar and use this type of product, right? So what's the relation between supply chain management and sustainability? Look, many of these products use minerals that have been extracted in a conflict area. Okay? So how can we manage as a professionals? Okay, the question is, how can we manage the supply chain in order to extend sustainability across the supply chain? Okay, so if one of these firms, if one of the firms uh, producing these products wants to be sustainable, it's relatively easy, okay, for the firm to implement sustainability within its boundaries. So I treat very well my employees, I take care of the working conditions in my plants, etc. But what happens upstream? Okay, so. That's why supply chain management is important when considering sustainability, because we try to analyze how sustainability is extended 
okay, is spread along the supply chain. So, what has been my evolution as a researcher? Okay, when I started studying uh, sustainability ten years ago, okay, it was the beginning, okay, more or less of the research on sustainability and supply chain management. And the focus of the researchers were we were very concerned about what are the governance mechanisms buying firms need to use to extend sustainability to suppliers. Do they need to assess them and follow a monitoring approach? Do they need, do they need, um, sorry, to control my time? Okay, you will, you will tell me. Do we need to collaborate with them, help suppliers to become more sustainable? Okay, what happens? What are the governance mechanisms firms are using? Then, as a researchers, we were concerned about which is the most effective governance mechanisms. Is better to assess suppliers? Is better to work with them? Are there different conditions or contexts under which one governance mechanism is better than another? Okay. What happens? Is one governance mechanism better for the supplier and another better for the buying firm? Okay. So these were the first uh, type of questions that as a researchers we ask ourselves at the beginning of the research in this area. Okay, so I work on this, on the black area, okay, during my first five years, okay. Then I had like an evolution as a researcher and I just started to question myself not whether one governance mechanism was better than another. I uh, evolved towards the question of how to make it real, okay, how to make these uh, governance mechanisms effective, okay? So the first uh, papers, okay, we had on this area, uh, as I said, were focused on governance mechanisms. And we saw that firms, okay, uh, we analyzed uh, firms in Spain, we analyzed firms in Germany and Spain, okay, two different studies, but the main conclusions from these two studies were that firms used assessment, and use also a combination of assessment and collaboration. And the governance mechanism that, um, that is more effective is the collaborative approach, okay? In this study, we built uh, a cluster analysis and we classify the companies follow the, the, um, the framework of Van Tarler and Van der Swartz, okay? Uh, these authors uh, did a study of uh, CSR proactivity and we apply this framework for the, gov uh, for the proactivity in the sustainability uh, governance mechanisms, okay? And we saw that the firms that were in the, in the proactivity, in the most proactive stage, were the ones that had higher levels of collaboration that assessment. Those firms were also mm, the ones that had better environmental performance, okay? Later on, okay, we ask ourselves which governance mechanisms had higher impact on sustainability performance. <laughs> and when we compare assessment with collaboration, we saw that the collaborative approach was more effective 
to make the supply chain more sustainable. Later on, okay, we ask ourselves what happens if we consider the supplier's perspective. Most of the studies uh, in the literature were considering the perspective of the buying firm. What is the buying firm doing? Okay, and what is the what is the sustainability performance of the buying firm? So what we did was to uh, analyze, okay, analyze uh, the supplier's perspectives. So in, instead of sending the survey to buying firms, we send the survey to um, suppliers, okay, to suppliers in order to have the supplier's perspective. And we as uh, we analyze uh, the supplier's social performance and also the buying firm social performance. In that case, for the buying firm, we were analyzing the well-being, okay? And for the buying firm, we were analyzing the social reputation, okay? So, our study showed that for the buying firm, especially for its reputation, assessment is the most appropriate approach. Whereas, collaboration is the most effective one to be really uh, or truly a sustainable supply chain. So if you want to improve the supplier's performance, suppliers, in this case, social performance, uh, what you need to do is to implement collaborative practices. If you only focus, if you are reactive and you focus only on uh, improving your social reputation, with assessing suppliers is enough. So later on, and this is where I want to focus, okay, after considering governance mechanisms and after uh, showing with different studies that to be truly sustainable, what you need to do is to collaborate with suppliers, to develop them, to train them, okay, to provide them with uh, assistance to be sustainable. Okay. Once we agree that collaboration is the most important approach, what we did was to uh, focus on how to implement it. Okay? And in this case, okay, this is where we have been working during the last uh, three, four years with a PhD candidate, with Jorge Rodriguez, well, already a doctor. Okay? Uh, Pep was in his PhD defense. Okay? So what we did in this case was, okay, can we, can we implement collaborative practice with very, very small suppliers which are in the base of the pyramid in order to alleviate poverty? Okay, so you see the evolution? Instead of talking about sustainability performance of suppliers, sustainability performance of buying firms, let's talk about uh, developing, really, very small suppliers that are located in the, in the base of the pyramid. So to do that, what we did was uh, to adopt an NGO perspective, okay? So until, until this study, uh, we had been analyzing buying firms or we had been analyzing suppliers. But to see if this type of collaborative practices uh, could be implemented in the base of the pyramid with very small, instead of having firms as a suppliers, we were going to have very small farmers okay, uh, as a suppliers. So in order to reach this type of uh, suppliers, 
Okay? We saw that uh, what we needed to consider was an NGO perspective. The literature from cross-sector uh, partnerships tell us that NGOs can be an interesting partners for buying firms when reaching okay, this type of uh, suppliers. So what we did was to look for an NGO, which was uh, an NGO present in many, in, many, in many countries. And we analyzed an international project which was implemented by this NGO okay, in different uh, Latin American countries. We focused on, a, on the project uh, and the cases that we consider were only in Ecuador. Okay, in order to control for context. Okay? So what we did was to use an nested case study, an NGO project, okay, where uh, this uh, NGO collaborated with six different buying firms to develop very small suppliers. And the six uh, projects, well, the, the six uh, cases were uh, corn farmers, potato farmers, uh, palm tree farmers. Uh, we had also um, scrap collectors. Okay, uh, we had um, furniture workshops. Okay, small workshops, mm, and I don't remember the sixth one. Okay, but it was ah yes, a diary, diary. Okay, milk, milk products. Okay, so we uh, tried to analyze. If an NGO wants to develop this type of suppliers, okay, which are the type of resources the NGO needs and what are the resources that the buying firm needs to bring to the project? Okay? So we had a triad. We had the NGO, we had the buying firm. These two were combining resources in order to develop very small suppliers. Okay? So, in our analysis, we saw that there was a, that three different stages had to be considered. Okay? The first one was uh, the design of the project. In the design of the project, we only had two different uh, agents involved, which was the NGO and each one of the buying firms. Then, during the implementation stage, okay, um, what we had was the NGO, the buying firms, but also the suppliers, okay? Why? Because the suppliers were started to receive the training, okay? In order to develop their capabilities, how to, um, they were trained on how to improve the productivity when they were farming, okay? In order to obtain better crops, okay? Or how to obtain the milk, how to preserve the milk, Okay, this type of training they were receiving. Okay, and then in the last stage in T plus two, what we had was the buying firms and the suppliers trans, uh, transactions. Once the training has been done, how these relationships between the suppliers and the, the buying firms were uh, were performed. Okay, so. What we saw, okay, from the six cases that we analyzed, three were very successful in alleviating poverty, 
okay? We, anal we analyzed alleviation of poverty as, or we considered that there was poverty alleviation when um, the supplier was able to, to produce more, okay? There was an increase and an enhancement in their capabilities, okay? And then th the transaction cost were reduced, okay? These two uh, facts had to be present in order to alleviate poverty, okay? Which are this, coordination, transaction cost, and operational efficiency, okay? And this was analyzed in moment T plus two, okay? When the transactions between the suppliers and the buying firms were performed. So in the six cases we analyzed, in three of them, uh, the project was very successful, achieving a high poverty alleviation, okay? In one, poverty alleviation was medium, okay? In another project, there were no data to analyze the results, and in one of the cases, the project was not successful, okay? There was no poverty alleviation, okay? The analysis of the six cases led us to the following conclusions. If you want all the um, explanations about how the data was analyzed, this paper is already published and you can, uh, we can distribute it. But the most important thing are the resources that each one of these partners, the NGO and the buying firm, was bringing okay, to the supplier development program. The NGO needs to provide two types of resources. Okay? So in order to be successful in such a project, the NGO should be an NGO that has the knowledge uh, about the area, that is used to work with this type of suppliers. If you bring another NGO who doesn't know the area, the project is not gonna be successful, okay? So the, the resource that the NGO provides is that it knows a lot about the supply area, okay? how this type of suppliers work, uh, if they have bank accounts or not. Many of them didn't have bank accounts. So how a buying firm is going to pay to this type of suppliers, you know, this type of issues. So the NGO needs to know the reality, okay, the day-to-day -day life of these local suppliers. Then the NGO needs to provide uh, a bridging capability. It's gonna be the nexus, okay? It's gonna be the, the entity that it's gonna uh, provide the access of the buying firm to these very small suppliers, okay? Uh, I didn't say that these, uh, these small suppliers were not uh, suppliers of these buying firms. We're a new type of supplier for these buying firms. These buying firms were used to have relationships with bigger suppliers. So these are the two types of resources the NGO provides. What are the resources that the buying firm provides? In order to uh, have the project, uh, or in order to, to have the project success, it's very important that the buying firm gets involved in knowledge transfer. The buying firm is the one who knows how to improve the productivity of the crops. So this buying firm is the one that needs to provide the training to the suppliers, okay? 
So knowledge transfer, but then the buying firm needs to have logistical resources in the sense, okay, if you're gonna access this area, this geographical area where you can find a lot of small suppliers, you need to invest on logistical resources, uh, for example, trucks to collect the milk, or for example, warehouses to, to store. Okay, these are, logist uh, these are geographical areas with no logistical resources. Okay, so the buying firm needs to invest on this. Okay, logistical resources. And then, very important, and was um, the procedural fairness. Okay, the buying firm had to have very transparent and fair processes when relating with these small suppliers. In fact, the case that was not successful in, in alleviating poverty was one firm that didn't put in place a fair process um, to remunerate the small suppliers. Okay? For example, to agree on prices before uh, the crop uh, is collected, etc. Okay? So these were the type of um, resources that needed to be combined in order to alleviate poverty. So, after this research, how there are still many questions, okay, that we have, okay, like for example, how this combination is performed in, in time. Um, is my last slide. <laughs> for example, another type of question that we still have is, can buying firms build similar type of projects with other entities different than NGOs? Like for example, with local cooperatives. And in this case, I'm looking to Vicky, because in fact, this is related and this other question, for example, what is the role of IT? Okay. Uh, can we implement an information uh, infrastructure that help access these small suppliers and coordinate the, the, the availability of resources of these small suppliers with the buying firm. In fact, uh, we just presented last week a European uh, project, uh, Horizon 2020 project. We don't know if we will get the funding. <laughs> okay, but it's about this, how to implement an, infra, an, an IT infrastructure to facilitate coordination uh, in Africa, between very small suppliers and buying firms, and I think the product was uh, cassava, okay, but it can be applied to other types of products. Thanks for listening. Isade, inspiring futures.